Hello, and welcome to AIGA's Fireside Chat. Thank you for joining us. Before we begin our chat this morning, a few housekeeping notes. This session is being recorded and will be available for viewing post-event. We're also live streaming to our followers on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please remember that all AIGA events follow our code of conduct. Please connect with us and share your thoughts. The hashtags for this fireside are AIGA design and future of design. Now, it is my pleasure to welcome Benny F. Johnson, AIGA's Executive Director, and today's guest, Robin Petrovic, Co-Owner and Managing Director of Keith Ceramics, AIGA's 2022 Corporate Leadership Award winner. Benny, Robin. Thank you, Amy. And greetings, everyone, and welcome to today's extremely special fireside chat. We've long said, and we know deeply, that design is important. Design is a critical part of changing our world for the better, changing the way we live, we work, and interact. One of the things that I'm really proud about that we do every year at AIGA is we look across our corporate landscape at companies that are being influenced and led by design, that are working to have a positive impact on their communities and the world around them. And we recognize those companies with our very prestigious and very focused AIGA Corporate Leadership Award. There have only been a handful of companies who've received this award over the years. So today's fire clap, Fireside focuses on this year's winner, Heath Ceramics. Heath is being recognized for their progressive policies, their corporate philosophies, and the provocative notion that what beautiful and functional design is and can be. They were a woman-founded organization, partially employee-owned, community-focused, with a, with a business that has a true vision for sustainability and goods that last. So today, I'm happy to welcome to our fireside the co-owner and managing director of Heath Ceramics, Robin Petrovic. He has a relentless drive towards building better business. He leads a nuanced operations portion of the design-led heat, paving a way for long-term viability and stronger contributions to his community. You know, this started in 2003, uh, following a happenstance visits to Heath Ceramics, where Robin and his partner, Catherine, purchased the pottery that began in 1948. Determined to reverse the dying art of American made, the duo continued without compromise, designing and making locally under one roof. Methodically, they built a full circle responsible business anchored in Edith and Brian's original, Heath's original vision. One of utmost product integrity that employee owners can be very proud to carry on. So Robin's superpower, and I love this as a superpower, is slow business. Yes, I said slow business. Marrying a business profit with its power for good, growing sustainably and leaving the world a better place for having existed. To this end, uh, Heath has been a recipient of the Smithsonian Cooper Hewitt National Design Award in 2015, and this year, the AIGA Corporate Leadership Award. So I'd like to welcome to our fireside, Robin. Thank you, good sir. I hope I didn't embarrass you with the intro. <laughs> there were a few things that I was not ready for, but uh, it all sounded great. Thanks, Benny. I didn't. I wasn't. I was waiting for the superpower part. I wasn't sure what you were going to say. So it's uh, <laughs> like, so what do we tell him? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's one of those things that 
it's one thing to tell us, it's another thing for us to witness it. And it, yeah. you know, hearing that really made perfect sense when I when I think about your role at Heath. Um, what I love to do is I like to start where it started for you. So 2003, take us back. You and Catherine are, you come across Heath. Yep. And what happens? How do you go from being an admirer to the owner? Um, how do you go from being the admirer to the owner? I think like a lot of things, you start out by admiring it and you start trying to figure out why you admire it. Um, right. And what is it that's really kind of speaking to you and, and, and what's that pull in your heart? And, you know, sometimes that happens and, you know, you think about it a lot and, and, and that's usually a sign that maybe it's not the right thing. But when you just start doing things and there's this pull, it's, it kind of means it's the right thing. And, and, and for us, we just, we were uh, enraptured by the physical experience of being in this building, the, the 1959 building, as we call it uh, here in Sausalito, um, you know, down the, you know, half a mile from my house where I am right now. And uh, there was something about everything being under one roof that really appealed to us, you know, as, as, as designers looking at that and seeing that there is, uh, you know, many, you know, making clay, manufacturing uh, pottery um, that you've designed and putting it in the store, firing it. And then, and then there's a store, it's right there. It's all under one roof. And the appeal of just that, having that, uh, being able to understand and, and and learn from that process and work with it was really exciting. You know, one of the things that I admire is that you are an intentionally small company mm-hmm. with this enormously enormous outpaced impact. When we mm-hmm. first were talking about you as a corporate award winner, you know, I remember hearing like. I knew of Heath and, and I was surprised that the person to the left of me or right of me knew of Heath and everyone felt that you were our own little secret. And it was amazing that, you know, the lift and the brand exposure that Heath has that uh, everyone knows about you, but to feel like it's your own best kept secret. You know, talk, talk about that balance that you're able to strike as, as being this really intimate brand that has such wide reaching mm-hmm. touch and appeal. Yeah, that's, um, I love your story there. And I I love that, um, you know, I get that too. When I meet people, they have their own kind of Heath story or or often, you know, my favorites is when it comes from their parents or grandparents uh, as to how they were introduced with Heath and and sort of the the special connection that they have. We, um, we, we do try to, to focus on, um, you know, we're not out to grow. Uh, we're out to really just kind of keep on refining what it is that we do and keep our focus in what we do. And, and, and part of that is looking, um, you know, at our sort of day-to-day experience or day-to-day impact right. um, and, and not trying to, I, th- I think there is that understanding that you don't have to, you know, we do want to have an impact, a positive impact on, uh, you know, other designers, other companies uh, on society Um, but I think we realized early on that you don't, you know, size, uh, um, is not a requirement for that. Um, it's the, I think the quality of, um, one's visions and how one shows up in the world on a daily basis. Um, one of our really early, 
partnerships and, and continued partners has been with Alice Waters and, uh, you know, who many of you know from her restaurant Chez Panisse. And if you've been lucky enough to have right. dinner or lunch there, uh, you know, it's really special. And, um, you know, I always remember that Alice has got a massive impact uh, right. in, in, in her world, um, you know, with her edible schoolyard project, et cetera, et cetera. She's only got one restaurant. <clears throat> There's a lot of other chefs that that have a lot more, but she's only got one restaurant and 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 she's been able to make that impact. And you know, we always kind of keep that in mind as we show up in the world too, and in 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 what's the relationship between scale and impact. And and sometimes it's in it's inverse and, and we're comfortable in that spot. All right. Talk a little bit about I think one thing that that stands out is you all proudly proclaim that you're a design-led business, a design-led small business. And I know it extends beyond just the products. So, so talk to me a bit mm -hmm. about the role that design plays in every aspect of you running Heath. Well, I mean, design is a, you know, it's a, design is really important. Um, it's in, you know, for us, it's in our hearts. It's also a hard word to define. It's a really hard word to sort of pin down. Um, and as many of you know, like, how do you explain what design is to, you know, let's say start off with like your parents, right, <laughs> you know, right. what is, what is design? Why are you a designer? What makes you different? And, um, you know, so we, we do think about design as being a very holistic, um, you know, sort of, sort of value and intention in a place like Heath. And, and you know, I'm, not and have not been, you know, for a long time, been involved in the sort of the the sort of the the the, the close level of design of product or 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 our retail, right. you know, showrooms and those kind of things. And so, for many years, I've you know, people ask me like, "Well, you're a designer. What do you do now?" Well, I think of myself as designing a company, right? And I'm designing a company and designing the impact because all those things are kind of connected. All the aspects of how you show up from the product to the way that it relates to your your factories, to your factories, and how they create that that showroom experience or that customer experience. Um, all those choices are very intentional, right? And you know that's you know, that's the kind of design that I've been involved with, um, you know, more than any other type of design in, in over the many, many years. So, um, you know, I don't think there's anything that is, you know, that is really uh, not important in terms of how things are connected together that are going to affect the experience ultimately that, uh, you know, our customers have or anybody that interacts with us at the company. Uh, or employees for that matter. Right. Speaking of employees, let's talk about the people, which is really a heart of mm -hmm. both in terms of engagement, craftsmanship, but also ownership. Yeah. About the role that that your people, uh, the he family have played in in the company's success. I think that um, so we've got uh, we started out with about 24 people in 2003 when, when Kathy and I bought the business and, and now we're it's around 180 people. Oh wow, 180, 200, something like that. Um, you know, it's kind of that 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 scale where you just you know it's like keeping up with remembering everybody's name because right. it's a challenge over 100 and. Um, you know, so it's kind of at that scale where there is still, you know, a level of intimacy. It can be there. 
we just celebrated the um we have a all hands every couple of weeks and we celebrate anniversaries yesterday we celebrated anniversaries from two years to 58 years wow so and then there's another one in there of 32 years you know so clearly we've got new people we've got people that have been here a long time and they hold a lot of the sort of institutional knowledge right. uh the legacy um seeing Heath through uh different eras and that's really important that we have that mix of people right. uh involved uh in the business um you know who can kind of hold on to the stories and the history <clears throat> Uh, one of the values that have been important and consistently important to Heath for all those many, many years. And then the new people coming in who are kind of learning from that or bringing their own perspective uh, into things. So, you know, people are, of course, are, are super important. You know, we, they, 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 we are, you know, they're responsible for every aspect of what we do from, you know, the guy who makes the clay in the morning Right. To the person that shops, then that closes up the shop at the end of the day, uh, they're all here under under one roof. You know, I, as I hear you talk about tenure and longevity, for me, it just creates a really nice parallel and metaphor between your actual ceramic products themselves. We talk about kind of heat being a part of families for generations mm-hmm. and yeah. being being passed down. I, d- describe for me the feeling that you have when you have. Uh, a legacy design that meets a new finish. I know I'm always interested when I come to the site and I see something that I've seen before, but you've, you've introduced a new color palette, a new glaze or a new moment. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a bit about that, that moment of taking legacy combining with what's next. Yeah, there's, um, you know, for us, we, you know, there's still a great, there's a great exhibit actually. I got to get, I got to get back to it, but over at the Oakland museum, of California art in Oakland, California, there's a there's an exhibit right now of Edith Heath and her impact on the world. That's I think it's up through the month of October. I gotta there's a I gotta take a couple of people over there before it closes next week. Um, but we've always taken our cue from what has come from the past, and our view on what's new is about evolving and learning from you know what has come before. So when you look at product. Uh, you know, we look at what's been, um, you know, what's of essence to, you know, the, the product that we made before. And we look at the techniques that, that have been experimented with before and uh, the glazes, uh, the applications. And we take a look at those in terms of jumping off points. You know, what can we learn from them? What can we evolve from them? Right. And in and, and that way, you know, we never get something that is so kind of radically a departure that is like, whoa, where did that come from? Right. Um, you know, it is kind of a slow development. Sometimes we go full circle. Um, you know, it's exciting for us when we when we do new glazes, but we bring back a technique that we know from our archives. Uh, and we're really fortunate to have those archives that was first tried by Edith Heath in 1951, for example. And how do we um you know what's changed in the materials or what can we change in the application process that brings that back to be relevant uh you know in 2022 um so and and what's i think a remarkable uh result of that is that you know when we do that we find that it is still relevant you know right. that technique that, that that thing that we first that design that we first saw 
come to life in 1952, doing it again in 2022. It doesn't feel old. Okay. Yeah. You know, but, um, but that's been our jumping off point where we've, uh, you know, kind of taken that as a, as a learning and, 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 and look to evolve it. And it feels very current. And, and so there's something about just, I think, just kind of learning from the past, right. um, you know, in, in, in everything that we do, that is, is also pretty core to, to our practice. You know, it's, it's interesting to talk about learning and the last three years in particular, our worlds and our lives have focused on our home mm-hmm. that we call home and how we built these relationships with not only the experience, but the objects around us. What are some of the things you've learned about your products and the brand's role in people's lives this last couple of years? Um, I think the last couple of years, I think we've learned, you know, that, um, again, you know, our, our products have become, um, you know, they've become as we hope part of people's lives right. and then become part of people's stories, uh, in their lives. And, um, you know, those, it, 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 they take on something more than just the object, but it's that kind of relationship of when did this object come into your life? What are the dinner parties and conversations that they were a part of? What are they, uh, you know, how do they kind of help me, you know, as right. a woman or ex- express myself, the meal I served on something, um, you know, that sort of that, that tradition when I have family over, right. uh, you know, or, you know, maybe it's, you know, for, uh, you know, in a family, it's that, you know, grandmother's serving bowl that she always brought out and, and made that special, that special right. addition. You know, those are the kind of memories that kind of, that get created and, you know, that make, uh, you know, me, me, me feel, um, you know, really good about what kind of, uh, you know, the way we're able to kind of contribute, uh, to, to people's lives in that way and create those memories and experiences that, you know, people hold on to, to for decades. They're not momentary. Um, and again, in the last three years, there was a stronger and stronger sort of need for that to create that sort of comfort and familiarity and, 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 um, and connection. So we talk about home. One of the things that I find interesting is you all are famous for opening up your facilities to have people come in. And Mm -hmm. how is that to kind of lay your production and brand bare and invite people in? Um, it's, it's something we had, we, well, it was something we stopped doing for a couple of years, right. the last couple of years, which is a real bummer because it was, uh, like you said, is really important, uh, to our ad- identity. It's, you know, something we were famous for and something that was very important for us to do from the get go. Um, I think, you know, going back to the, one of your first questions when, you know, uh, back in 2003, it was one of the things that for Kathy and myself became really obvious. Right. You know, it's this factory is amazing to walk through and see how pieces are made, uh, right. to see the history layered into it, to see the machinery, to see the material change state and go through all these different stages uh, right. and the transformation that happens with all those things. And it's just something that we really, really wanted to share um, because it's part of what we do is 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 really that process of making things. It's not right. about creating products where there's a design then the product shows up on the shelf. Right. It's really, it's it's the full process in between. It's we want people to understand and 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 see how we make clay, 
Right. You know, what are the qualities of clay? What are the different nuances uh, in terms of, um, you know, even at the beginning of that process that are going to affect that end result and the knowledge that goes into, um, you know, all those different processes and stages of uh, making clay, making glazes, um, applying them, putting them together, the firing process and how right. different results come from all those things and, uh, and how sometimes you're also surprised right. um, that you can't control it. And that's actually one of the more, I think, you know, for me, the more important parts of the processes around that particular material, clay, ceramics, right. um, it's got its own voice. You can't control it and you need to figure out how to let it speak. Um, um, and, and that I think is another sort of value in that in, in the material that we work with that I think is right. important for people to remember that we also want to communicate uh, that we can't control everything and that we need to sort of find the beauty in, right. in where, you know, in this case, nature or material uh, has a voice. So opening up the factories um, is really important in that way. And the other component of it is understanding that we have people that, and it's always been a hard thing, you know, it's, it's you know, on the one hand, we've got uh, people in the factories who maybe feel a little, you know, might feel like, why are all these customers, what are they doing in the factory? Like, you know, I'm, I'm here doing my work. Why do they care? Or, um, but it's, you know, it's also letting people know, making that connection between, you know, those people that are involved in the making of, uh, you know, the product that we make and the customers that appreciate it. And don't just commit, you know, we're kind of saying, don't just appreciate the product, appreciate the people that are behind it as well. Right. Because they've got a lot to share and a lot of talent and craft. And, um, you know, there's a lot more to uh, what goes on behind uh, creating that bowl um, right. than one might imagine, you know, might realize. And that's the whole point of, of, uh, of opening up the factories in that way. And, and I think for our employees too, knowing that it's more than just a transaction, that there's a real appreciation right. um, for what they do uh, on a daily basis and, and the pieces that they make and, and how they do touch people's lives. It, it really is amazing because your ceramic works become prized parts of people's lives and stories. They're, they're there through all mm -hmm. these moments. I remember you telling me the story and it just blew me away, but it made perfect sense. We talked about all these positive moments, but you talked about people creating identity post-divorce coming to you. <laughs> I need my yeah. own, I need my own Heath to start my new yeah. life. Right. Uh, now you said something about craft and what I also found interesting is ceramics is really a global craft. And not only are you working with your team and the talent there in your office, you're exchanging ideas globally as well. When I look at your partnerships and alliances, you're really kind of bringing in a lot of global influences um, with fire and clay. I, talk about the role of kind of the global, and I think you referred to among before as friendships more so than alliances and partnerships. Mm -hmm. And they're really like friendships and in, in, in their, uh, you know, they're friendships where you learn from each other, you know, and, and so what's our, uh, you know, the, um, you know, our version of a partnership or, or call it a collaboration is really one where you're, you know, there's something to offer and, right. and, and you're learning from each other. So um, in, in 
Uh, and sometimes that can come from, you know, individual craftspeople, right. um, you know, we're, and, and we're, we're, we're not that, you know, at this stage, you know, we're much bigger and right. sometimes it can come from other companies and it's not always from, from, you know, from clay. Um, I'll give you a few examples. You know, it's just in Japan visiting uh, Akio Nukaga, who is an individual potter from the uh, a town called Kasama in, in Japan. And he's got a home studio, uh, works by himself uh, with the help of his wife and daughter. It's a, it's a family uh, run enterprise. Right. Um, and there's something about the way that he creates his pieces that is really kind of inspiring to us. Does it work into our work in any way? I don't know. Our, our role is right. like to showcase what he does in the, in our appreciation for his process is very, very tedious process right. um, of craft. So we've got, you know, partnerships like that or friendships like that, you know, where there's learning and, and, right. and just mutual appreciation. And sometimes it's that mutual appreciation appreciation club. Right. Uh, and next month, we're also doing another project that we'll be sharing uh, with uh, our tech uh, finished company, furniture company, um, you know, founded by Alvar Alto. Also, um, you know, it's not ceramics, but there's a craft there in, in, in intention and design in furniture, in, in, in wood. Um, and also always combined in tabletops, wood and tile. Right. Um, and so there's a coming together kind of of two companies that, that have been around for a long time and have continued to, uh, you know, sort of stay classic and true to their original designs and intention and kind of coming together and learning from like, well, what's your path? Like why, you know, why have you stayed so true? How, how have you stayed true to that original vision? How has Heath stayed true to that original vision? And then how do those things kind of come together uh, in, in bringing our own expertises in, in creating something that is new for today, but really still again, like an evolution of something that was an idea from, you know, 60 years ago. So speaking of partnership, what keeps you and Kathy inspired? What, what keeps you- us inspired? Um, what keeps us inspired? I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of teeth because, again, we think of it very holistically. Right. You know, so on the one hand, there's there's design or product and and and. It's, you know, if I really need inspiration, I just need to walk downstairs to the factory and, 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 and watch plates being pulled out of the kiln and, and, and stacked and organized. And I can get inspired by that. I can, you know, or, you know, even better get up at 6 a.m. on a winter morning when that kiln opens and, and, and everybody's starting to pull the shells baffles away from the kiln and the new dinnerware is there and the colors and and that inspires me still every single day um so there's a lot around the building in terms of the development of product and and, uh you know the work our our i have to run tomorrow out to our our clay studio and in 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 and and dig through the sort of the samples uh for a project i'm working on and and that inspires me it's just kind of like pulling through the samples of things that people are experimenting with uh, things that you know may never see the showroom but you know so so there's a lot of inspiration there i was going to ask you about that about those those you want to come with me you want to come with me to the sample 
Hey, I want to come to the sample room. And I also was thinking about this. If you're telling the story after about 30 firesides, you're my very first guest who actually works with fire. (laughs) hit me as we're talking about this. So, you know, I would love to be in there. I'm curious into those things that are dynamic explorations that don't make it to the showroom, Mm -hmm. make it out of the kill, right? They, they have this life in the the space that aren't quite there yet, but have their own, their own existence. Talk to me about, about those kind of design moments for you that are in that in-between space. Those kind of moments are, I mean, I think somehow they always do kind of make it in the showroom and we're again, we're, we're, we're not very, um, you know, we don't hold sort of the sample or testing process very preciously. I think, you know, everything is beautiful. Nice. Everything that comes out is beautiful, but sometimes we want to hold on to things because they are so precious that we want them to be inspiration. Um, so those are the things that don't make it out, but otherwise, you know, so, so there'll be, um, you know, we've got that inspiration. We hold on to that as like dear to us. We can't let this thing go because something is going to click for us. Right. Something's going to come some point in time. Um, or it's the happy accident that might happen, right. you know, with a glaze. Uh, and, 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 but otherwise we do share those things, you know, we don't really, there's nothing, you know, that's not really, you know, not possible to be shared with the world because in in ceramics, everything has a beauty. Um, Even if it wasn't as intended. Um, So when you do come out to our showrooms, there might always be something surprising there uh, or, you know, special. And certainly a few times a year, we'll put everything out. Nothing is that precious that we want to hide it. Well, count me in on this trip. I'm we're going to the sample room in this space. You know, one of the things that I, I also love is that uh, you and Kathy have been really thoughtful about thinking about your business, been intentional mm-hmm. about the ways you're going. And there are a couple of maxims that that you've talked about that really come through in our conversation now, but I love this one. You don't need to impress anyone other than your customers, employees, your vendors, and yourself. Yeah. Uh, so when you think about it, you know, you approach this in a really unpretentious way that it's about the work and it's about the design of the product and the company and the people that that becomes your focus. Um, you also have this space along with that is take care of your people and your community and they'll take care of you back. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk a little bit about your, that statement and your role within communities. Well, I think it really kind of comes back to, um, and this is one of the other things that doesn't, you know, continues to inspire us, you know, how we, you know, not just design a product, but how we continue to show up as a business. Right. And I use that term or as a company, and I use that term company and business loosely and, and only because it's, um, it, it, it's how, you know, we've kind of set up our society, a society that we live in and, and the structure that we, we live in. Um, you know, business is a part of it. Creating companies is a part of it. But you know, what is really you know having a having a business in, in that sort of sense of it? I don't think of myself as you know, Kathy and I don't think of ourselves as business people. Right. Many people might say you're really successful business people. Are you really good at business? Well, we don't really think of ourselves as business people or want to have a business necessarily. Um, you know, we just really believe that when you do things for the right reasons, right. um, you'll be able to continue supporting it. 
Right. And, and that's really, you know, what we think about, how do we continue supporting the things that are important to us? Right. And right. continuing the supporting, you know, supporting the things that are important to us come down to continuing to make the product that we want to make that really kind of, right. you know, comes from that place of craft and, 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 and the creative heart, right. um, the integrity and in how it's made. And, and also, and then how do we also be able to, you know, always keep in mind the well-being of our employees, right. how do they guess that sort of, um, you know, sort of feel good about, um, you know, their work, um, you know, what they're learning that they always have somebody that has their back. And that's kind of our intention to always sort of show up in that way, because that, again, that's, what's important. Making money is not important. Right. Making more money than you did last year is not important. Making more money than your quote unquote competitor is not important. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and what is important is that, you know, we're able to sort of provide sort of that stability and, uh, and, 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 and for a community that feels like, you know, we've, we are together and, uh, we're here for each other. Um, and, and, and then that's really, you know, that's really the key. It's almost a shame that money even has to come into the, into the factory. And that is one of the tensions that we deal with at Heath all right. the time is that, you know, it's the reality of what enables us to do what we do, but it's not the, uh, it's not the end goal, right. uh, you know, kind of, you know, having a, uh, you know, sort of, you know, making money, having that business right. uh, is the means to the ends of, of kind of how you hold on to these things that are meaningful but it's not really what it's about. Well, you know, another one of your business lessons is to avoid intentionally putting yourself in a position where you need to make decisions that are purely for financial reasons. Yeah, that's right. And that kind of comes back to that sort of slow business uh, idea, you know, sort of always thinking about, um, you know, well, like, you know, like you said, never putting yourself in that position where it's like, right. you know, oh, crap. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we gotta, we gotta do this because we, you know, we gotta make money or something like that, or because we, um, you know, for the short term, you right. know, sort of never stretching yourself so much that, you know, something may not be affordable and then you're going to have to really only do things for, uh, well, in my, I guess in our view that, uh, the wrong reasons, right. um, you know, to kind of cover that cost. And it's something that we've always been aware of, um, of just uh, kind of not putting ourselves at risk so that we can always kind of control um, why we're doing something and, and continue to do things for the reasons that motivate us and right. um, not because of financial need. Um, and, and that's something that I think happens always with this idea of fast growth that is, you know, somewhere arbitrary, you know, why do, why do you need a double in revenue? Uh, what's that really for, you know, is that, is that really because, you know, is that, um, you know, voices we, you know, we think about, you know, voices in your head, right. Is that the voices right. in your head? Is that because somebody said you're only successful if you double your revenue every year? Um, and, Yet those are the kind of things that sort of force you into sort of positions where, um, you know, your choices are narrowed in terms of really kind of pursuing the passions uh, and the focus of things that are important to you. Well, we're rounding the corner of 2022. So we're about to hit 2023. 
which will have been, I know it's hard to hear, 20 years since you and Kathy took the baton of Heath. You know, I, I want to ask this question as we kind of look back at our younger selves. What advice would you have to Robin and Kathy from 2003 based on what you've learned in the past 20 years? That's a really good question. And, and when I see Kathy tonight, I think, yeah, that's kind of a good question for ourselves. Um, gosh, okay. So, so putting me on the spot there with a great question. Um, I think it's still, uh, you know, it, it, it comes back to what we were just, you know, some of the themes that we've talked about here, it's, um, you know, following, always staying true to sort of that, that passion, you know, kind of what drives you in that heart. You know, I think we've done that. Um, I think that we've done that really well over the years. Um, and, um, but I think that we also, you know, there are some years that, you know, maybe we grew a little bit faster than maybe we wanted to. And, and, and this is going to sound strange to you and maybe the audience, but, you know, it's those years when we grew 10%, we wish we'd grown 5%. <laughs> I know 10% sounds like not much in, in, in the sort of the world of business, or at least in terms of like, you know, like, wow, that's really successful. But for us, it's, I think we could have slowed it down even a little bit more, you know, 3% a year instead of 5% a year, you know, those years of 10%. Um, but it's hard to do in, in, in you know, in kind of our world and in, in, in sort of, you know, our society and the way things are set up. But, um, but I think there's an aspect of that, that, that uh, I think all the right instincts that we've had are, were there, um, you know, uh, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, I think a lot of them are still there today. Right. Um, so there's just a few, I think, nuances uh, like that. You know, the business lessons that you talked about, you know, there's you know, just a few of them. We have we have others that we've learned over the years, but they've always that core was there 20 years ago. I don't think it was anything missing. I think we're better at expressing them or like what we meant or what we felt, felt in the at the time. Like we felt all those things. I don't think anything's radically different, but now we kind of understand a little bit more like, well, why did we feel that way? Why was that important to us? Why would that, you know, that why did we get into it in the first place? And, and, and I think that all stays true. I don't think there's been any kind of major uh, sort of missteps that we would go back and recorrect, but I think, you know, just maybe slowing it down, maybe even a little bit more. So it's interesting. You spend a lot of time sending your work and craft out to the world. You send mm-hmm. it out to communities and homes and spaces. Have you been surprised at times in which the work has come back to you where you've looked up and you find a Heath product is in the background of someone's home experience, or it's a part of someone's life that they've shared back with you? Um, it's always a, it's always a nice moment. Um, yeah, absolutely. And especially when it's like, you know, it might be in another country, you know, again, it's like, and, um, you know, Japan, where I just was, you know, the, uh, to find it sort of in random places, uh, or you might find something on a display in a, in a store or something like that. So it is surprising. And then the story that comes with it of like, well, you know, the owner actually came to the factory in Sausalito and found it and put it in their carry on bags and, and hey, carried it back. So, 
um, there are all those uh, stories. I think the favorite stories I have are, are, are when, you know, I might meet somebody who's coming in to add on to a collection that they inherited from their grandmother, for, you know, say, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, or my favorite might be like when uh, I meet somebody who's coming in who said, like, I'm getting a new set of dinnerware for myself because I just gave away my set to my granddaughter. <laughs> um, so this is for me. So uh, I always, yeah, those stories are always kind of coming back to us. Um, run across Heath in, in, in little restaurants around around the country as well, or even the world sometimes, or just, again, it's that story. And, and, and for me, it's, it's, it's what I love is, again, not, not when it's like, well, somebody put in an order or they bought it online, but when somebody just happened to be coming through Sausalito and they had that, or San Francisco or L.A., and they had that full experience of, you know, being in that location. They've got a restaurant somewhere else in the country, but you right. know, they bought a few pieces and they put it in their carry-on bags and they carried it home. You know, that's very different from I found it online. Right. You know, I had it shipped. And right. Instead, it's like I had this. I took the tour. I I dug her in through the shelves. I pulled the piece out the back, and it was the one I loved. And I went through a stack of thirty, and I picked out the five that that spoke to me the most. And and then I carried it home with the plane, and, and that's how it ended up in that restaurant or or, or that place. And that's and what I, I love. I love that story about the curation that we all go through. Mm-hmm. They're all the same, but they're different. I'm yeah. picking the one that makes the sense to me. And then that sense of protection. I'm taking it, I'm wrapping it up, I'm caring for it, I'm getting it through TSA. <laughs> I'm bringing it home. Like you have to be committed <laughs> to the product that entire way through, right? Yeah. To come up in this space. But I think it speaks to something we were talking about earlier the return and the need of our human experience mm-hmm. of being able to touch and feel and be a part of the product in space. Um, mm-hmm. so I think it's a great kind of point for us to talk about um, the celebration of you all receiving our award. It's going to be our first in-person celebration in the last three years in Seattle in a couple of weeks. And we're really looking forward to inviting all of you who are listening to join us for our AIGA design conference, where we're going to celebrate Robin and Kathy and the owners and artisan of Heath on being our 2022 AIGA corporate leader of the year. But it's going to be great that we'll be there in person. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's great that that we're back to doing that again. To share our space. So, you know, what are the things I'm going to ask this last question for you. When you walk into the, your warehouse and your manufacturing facility, what one thing gets you excited? Like when you just walk in off the, off the street, as you take your leisurely stroll later on today, what, what do you get excited about? Smiling faces. Okay. You know, smiling faces and, uh, uh, you know, and uh, sometimes still under the mask, but smiling faces and uh, a name that, you know, brings back, uh, you know, that I've known for years and, you know, brings back uh, memories of when I first met that person, uh, how they started in their role, you right. know, and, in in and, and, and where they've gotten to, where they've risen to, uh, uh, later on. So that's what really kind of gets me excited is seeing those folks in, in person. I think that's a great moment and a great story for us to close our fireside thinking about the power of, you know, why he, 
a design-led human-first organization, a community that has been for since 1948 and under Robin and Kathy's leadership since 2003, been bringing to us incredibly well-thought, American-made uh, products and heirlooms and plates and vases that change our world. So thank you and Robin for sharing with us your superpower of slow business, which I really think allows us to see that time is an incredible element as we design our future and our world around us. So Robin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the insight. And thank you and Kathy for the incredible example of Heath as an organization changing the world. Thanks, Benny. It's great to see you today and uh, look forward to seeing you in person as well. Likewise. And count me in. We're going through the, we're going through the crates, my friend. We are. You've got, you've got, yeah, you know how to find me. Thank you for joining us. And thank you all for being a part of today's Fireside Chat. Thank you.